0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello? Hello. Moshi Moshi. Moshi Moshi. Yoshiko-san. Hi, hi. Genki? Genki-yo. Okay. How are you going? Yeah, good. It's a bit
1: cold and fresh here. (laughs) Well, don't live there.
0: This is Yoshiko, my mum. She's 77, and as you may be able to tell, she's a bit of a goer. So tell us what happens as you get into your 70s. Tell me about your body. I noticed that
1: skin and um, muscles started sagging down, and I think my whole body has shrunk about five, six centimetres. That's quite remarkable.
0: And what about your waistline?
1: Waistline? It's like a big tree trunk. (laughs) What about your boobs? My? Your boobs. Boobs? Did you say my boobs? Yes, yes. Still looking very healthy. (laughs) And I still have two. (laughs) Looking at the mirror, I think they still look okay. Quite attractive.
0: (laughs) Lately, I've been wondering what the hell happens when we get old. Like, if you ask around, you might hear that your vagina will atrophy and the lining of it gets papery. Now, I'm not easily alarmed, but that, to me, sounds like a health emergency. And I get that boobs sag... Boobs plural? Will I even be lucky enough, like Yoshko, to still have two? And does anyone even want to have sex after 60 with their papery old vaginas? Will people ignore me in shops? Or mock me for still wanting to headbang at rock concerts? Am I only allowed to wear floral? And will I complain endlessly about my bowel movements? Ah! I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about what the hell happens to us when we get old. I feel like there's a big shiny red door labelled menopause. And while we can see the menopause and research and read about it, the door is shut tight and we can't actually see what lies beyond it. Is older age so awful that we can't even talk about it? I'll go into
2: a shop and people people will start talking loudly to me and say, are you okay, dear? And that is so annoying. You will get shrinkage of... Tissues
3: so that the lining of the vagina loses its thickness, there's less
4: elasticity and blood supply. It was forced upon me <laughs> because I had to have a transplant, so I, I retired. It was an interesting period when I suddenly found that I was my husband's wife again. The vulva also can shrink,
3: so in sexual activity it have profound impact.
0: Here's a pop quiz for you, ladies. What do you reckon is the leading cause of death of women in Australia? And no, you don't get to Google it. Is it breast cancer, heart disease, car accident? (coughs) Nope. Guess again. Dementia is the number one killer of ladies in this country. According to research from the University of Canberra, women make up almost 65% of all dementia-related deaths in Australia. And, without a significant medical breakthrough, the number of people living with dementia in Australia is expected to skyrocket by around 600,000 people by 2028. If you're thinking, nah, not me, I did Sudoku and the cryptic crossword today, sorry, but you're absolutely dotty. Regarding crosswords and Sudoku puzzles, what we find is that people who do those things get much better at them. So it's not going to keep dementia at bay, it's just going to make you better at Sudoku. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) That's Professor Cassandra Zerke. She's a neurologist and the director of the Healthy Ageing Program at the University of Melbourne. She's just written a book called Secrets of Women's Healthy Ageing. In short, she knows what's coming for us. So the only things that keep dementia at bay is having
2: good physical activity, seeing your doctor regularly and making sure that you have low vascular risk factors, having a good diet, remaining socially engaged, those are the things that really reduce your chances of dementia.
0: Cassandra and her colleagues have been following a group of 400 or so Australian women for over 30 years to see how well they're ageing. So their strategies for staying healthy as we age have been robustly tested. Professor Cassandra's specialty is how to keep our brains healthy. Dementia, by definition, is a problem with your cognition, so that can be
2: memory or executive function or strategic planning, a problem with your cognition that's so significant it impairs your daily functioning.
0: As a neurologist, your focus is on brain health. How can we keep our marbles for as long as possible?
2: Well, there's about seven to 14 things that you can do to have the best possible brain health as you age. Having a good nutrition is really important, and most of the evidence there is around the Mediterranean diet... What is really important is to maintain cognitive engagement. So for example, they've shown that people who maintain employment or who do education later in life, all of these people actually have better cognition as they age. And if you don't use it, you will lose it. But overwhelmingly, the strongest factor is remaining active and doing exercise. So what what do you mean by remaining active? So really, we're talking about being active every single day. We were thinking that the more exercise you do and the more intense your exercise, the better off you'll be because there have been a number of studies showing intense aerobic exercise can be better for you than uh, more sedentary exercise. However, because our study looked across 20 years, we didn't find intense exercise was the most important. We, in fact, found that just walking every day for those 20 years was the best thing you could do for your mental health. And the people who worked every single day remembered the most number of words on a word list recall. So this is like you're going shopping.
0: And, you know, for every day you weren't doing a walk a day, you forgot one item on your shopping list. Holy moly, that's incredible. When you talk about going for a walk, does that count like from the couch to the fridge and back again?
2: (laughs) Um, No. So the people who are walking every day did 20 to 30 minute walks, but they did not have to be intense walks. Sometimes they walked with
0: a friend. Sometimes they were just walking the dog. Did you hear that, ladies? If you want to keep your marbles, remember what these boots were made for. These boots were made for... Future You will thank you for... walking. But a happy later life isn't quite as simple as eating healthy and strutting around the block every day. To further our bold quest to discover what the hell happens to us in later life, ladies producer Alex Lollback ventured deep underground to a secret society of women folk who seem to have many clues about how to hold on to happiness as we age. The joy
4: for me to wake up in the morning at 68 and be able to actually have a cup of tea without having it in, on a gimbal in the dashboard of the car, z- screaming down the highway, that was just a joy and I still love that. And the freedom to do what you want to do.
2: I watch all the sexy movies on Netflix.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll be 90 this year. Good on you, I
2: love
0: Alex is at her local Country Women's Association meeting, surrounded by a group of ladies who are mostly over 65. We've gone straight to the source to fill this yawning information gap. We want to know about all the stuff that no-one ever tells you about old age. These women meet monthly under the guise of charity, scones and crafting. But really, it's all about connection. It's your
4: women friend's that provide the kind of the joy and the barriers through life. But it's your women friends and it's the coterie of women that you move in. It's like a bubble and you go through life and the really awful things that happen, you know, if you lose a partner or you become ill, it's the women friends are the first people you pick up the phone to and they are the things that sustain you. I'm living by myself. I lost my husband
2: almost six years ago. I met my husband when I was mature. So I had very high-powered jobs and a very, a very busy life. I have travelled a lot. My husband and I travelled a lot. And, uh, you know, we, we just had a lovely life together. But I don't feel really lonely.
0: <laughs> because, I, well, I have a lot of friends.
5: The research backs that up. It's about investing time in social supports and relationships when you're 40 and 50 and 60 years old so that when you're 70, you've got a
0: really strong support network. This is Catherine Campbell. She's a psychologist with a PhD in psychiatry and she's also a researcher on the Women's Healthy Ageing Project.
5: And we know that having a strong support network is consistently associated with lower symptoms of depression and with more positive mood, as well as offering a protective factor for a lot of other mental health symptoms. We actually found that positive mood significantly improved and negative mood significantly decreased. So essentially women got happier as they got older, which is a very positive thing to report. Hold on, what? Did I hear that
0: right? We get happier as we get older? Hmm... I wonder if that's because our children move out and our partners die. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm kidding. So friendships and human connection help us keep happy as we age. And I like that because, well, to generalise wildly, friendship and connection are two things that women are really good at. But that's, I guess, later. What else can we do now to protect our mental health?
5: Well, the most important thing we can do uh, when we're young is to introduce really good stress management strategies into our life and that will protect us all the way through um, into late life. Stress management is a very difficult thing to do, especially for busy women who have a lot of responsibilities. So one of the things that I would recommend and that I recommend to the people that I work with is to definitely have a routine that includes your stress management strategies and having a good morning routine. So if you wake up early in the morning and have some things so you enjoy doing, such as having a cup of tea or going for a walk, then you're essentially choosing to start the day feeling good. Prioritising your own needs has to be an important thing across the lifespan. When I talk to people, they often, and we talk about making time for their hobbies, they almost say, oh no, but that's selfish. It's selfish for me to go for a walk or for me to do yoga. Um, and I try to get them to reframe that from a being selfish to actually recognising that it's more self-preservation. So another way to stay positive and healthy in late life is to introduce hobbies and activities that you're able to maintain across
0: your lifespan. Catherine says it's important to keep up those hobbies and activities that make you feel good, even when your life is a shit show. So when the kids have gastro, your partner isn't pulling their weight, work deadlines are riding your sack, the washing's piling up and you haven't seen your mates in ages... You still need to go to yoga or your ESL class or have a quiet wank.
5: Stress management strategies tend to go on the back burner. And so, you know, it's a very disappointing thing that they aren't able to kind of protect those stress management strategies because they feel that they need to prioritise the needs of others over themselves.
1: You should never lose sight of yourself should you? And you have to look after yourself as best as you can. And in doing that, help others to look after themselves.
6: Do you feel that there's a time in your life as a woman where you stop being seen as an object for visual appreciation? There's a time when you become more invisible, I guess, to society or become patronised? I think um, if you're with a group
4: of younger women, yes, you'll put to the back. And, and you, you've got to come out and, and say something, otherwise people don't see you. The changes I've noticed are
2: not being seen and heard much by a lot of people. Your opinion's not sought. Young people will talk around you and they sort of leave you out. But I also notice as I've got older that people think you a bit silly. You know, I'll go into a shop and people, people will start talking loudly to me and say, are you OK, dear? You know, what can I do for you? And, uh, you know, you get that. And that is so annoying. This
0: isn't necessarily universal. My mum, for instance, as a Japanese woman, grows in stature even as she shrinks in size. And it's not just Asian cultures that revere our elders. Well, in my culture, as you get older,
6: you're perceived as being wiser, being being better. You know, you get a lot
0: more command, a lot more respect. Meet Faith Agugu. She runs an organisation called Silver Sirens, encouraging women to embrace ageing. Faith was born and raised in Nigeria, and she says the view of ageing amongst her mum and aunties and other women in the community was largely positive
6: with every year that goes by, that you're just getting better and better and better. And as you know, I believe very, very strongly that aging is an absolute privilege. You know, not everybody has the opportunity to get old, you know, so I was always, you know, the messaging that I picked up with the people around me, in my, in my culture was that aging was something to look forward to, that as people age, they were to be revered and respected and looked. you know, we all, we all want to get older.
0: Back at the CWA hall, we asked the women whether they still felt they mattered in society or whether they feel like they're already on the scrap heap.
4: I am still valued because I have a voice and I'm stroppy. But if I think that I had had a stroke and I no longer had a voice or a body, then I think I would be parked somewhere like a piece of luggage. You have to be, as you get older, you have to be more forceful. If you stay home in the kitchen, people leave you in the kitchen. So get out, do what you want to do, be outrageous, and just be yourself. Between the ages of 21 and 50, you're still conscious of your place within the community, and I mustn't step out of line, I must be polite. But when you get to 81 like me, you think, blow it, I don't care.
0: I can't wait to tell idiots to get lost. Me, my mates, will be like Macbeth's witches, making each other cackle and casting evil spells. Something I'm not looking forward to, though, is my juice drying up. I thought I'd ask my mum something personal and something I knew she might be uncomfortable answering. Okay, so just one last question, and it's not about private parts. It may sound as though it is, but it's not. It's just about this idea of when you're young and you can make babies and you're having sex, you're sort of juicy. You're full of juice, sexy juice. Oh, my goodness. I
1: thought of this question, yeah. your questions are going to be getting old. It's not that, is what, not that is sexual thing. It is I'm surprised and a bit shocked. <laughs> you know mean this is not, uh, I'm not helping you to write your bo- sexual books, <laughs> sex books.
0: Okay, so insight into my sex juice isn't going to come from my mum, Yoshka. It's time for an expert. Meet Dr. Wendy Vansilow. She's an Associate Professor in Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Melbourne.
3: Once the periods have stopped, that really represents the last of the eggs in the ovary which produce the uh, oestrogen for that month, that is missing. And once that's been deficient over some time, you will get shrinkage of some of the tissues so that, you know, the lining of the vagina loses its thickness. There's less elasticity and blood supply in
0: the vagina. Wendy's focus is menopause and psychosexual medicine. She's been talking to older women about their sex lives for over 20 years. The vulva also can shrink. The pubic
3: area can become less fatty. So, you know, the whole appearance can change. For those women that do experience vaginal atrophy, it can become extremely uncomfortable and uh, particularly in sexual activity have profound impact it is reversible, which is the positive side. So how do you reverse it? So the use of uh, estrogen cream is usually the most commonly prescribed treatment. Women who are on what we call systemic hormone replacements, such as patches and so forth, may have enough estrogen in their circulation to maintain the vaginal tissues. But uh, if not also the addition of topical treatment, in other words, treatment direct to the vagina, is very effective
0: over time. I want to know about sex becoming uncomfortable after menopause. First of all, why and what can we do about it? Well, I think
3: particularly if there's been a time delay between last intercourse, I think women, from what we know women who maintained regular intercourse are better off you know the vaginal uh, responses are maintained a lot better in women who have regular intercourse compared to women who might stop and then after a time frame of uh, months or years, try and start again, suddenly notice that it's very uncomfortable. There's dryness. There may be splitting of the skin. It's very uncomfortable. It feels raw, perhaps, or that there's no connection between the penis and vagina, if that's the type of sex thereafter.
0: (laughs) What happens to the sex drive of older women? it tends to diminish,
3: you know, the, the significant decrease and it's correlated with the decline in estrogen production in a natural transition.
0: So let's, oh, I don't even know how to measure horniness, but let's say like I'm <laughs> i am sort of, you know, horny at a, at a 6 out of 10 and then I cross the threshold of menopause um, and I'm now a 65-year-old woman. Yeah. Where is my sort of scale of horniness there? Look, I think it's very difficult for me to,
3: to say. I mean, how one feels about one's partner is probably a better indicator than hormonal levels. So, you know, I think, um, women will often have what's called responsive desire so that they may um, not feel like initiating sex quite so much but may respond to their partner and become
0: aroused. Is it possible for women to have great sex after menopause?
3: Yes, but it depends what you define
0: as great.
3: You know, um I think you're not going to be Getting the bedroom athlete uh, at that at that age, I mean the body is probably not going to respond in the same way. I think you can certainly have very
0: enjoyable and meaningful sex. So do the mechanics of sex, like the literally the ins and outs, get trickier as you age? like do you need to try different positions?
3: I always encourage experimentation Uh, obviously clitoral stimulation is still the most important area for stimulation there are other erogenous zones and in fact obviously the brain is the biggest erogenous zone because you know women can still have an orgasm without any penetration whatsoever or sexual uh, touch
0: you know it may be it can be purely psychological Should we expect to orgasm less as we age?
3: That is the trend, definitely. I mean, it it does take longer uh, to reach orgasm generally. Well, some people actually orgasm more quickly once they do get aroused. Others will take longer because they're taking longer to be aroused and often describe the intensity of the orgasm as as somewhat muted and we probably encourage women to keep up their pelvic floor exercises because a lot of the actual physical manifestation of orgasm is pelvic floor muscle contraction.
6: In my 20s and 30s, I felt like my sex, my lovemaking or my my sexual life was very performative. I felt like I was having sex the way that I thought I was supposed to have sex
0: or women like me were supposed to have sex. This is Faith Agugu again. She's 56 this year and feels like she is just coming into a new and amazing sexual era.
6: You know, when I got to my 50s and after menopause, I just went, hey, I want to have sex for me. You know, I want to have sex the way that feels good for me. But it meant having different conversations with the men I was in relationship with, you know, and, and being able to verbalise and articulate that that type of sex wasn't actually working for me, wow. you know, and I was able to really be clear, but I didn't know that it wasn't working for me before. So I think there was something about crossing that threshold into menopause and into my fifties that gave me that insight and then that confidence.
0: I'm really curious about the juice though. Do you feel less juicy now that you're postmenopausal?
6: Oh, my God, I feel so much more juicy. <laughs> I feel so much more juicy. You know, I feel like I'm going through a real renaissance in my, in my sexual expression, you know. I, I, I feel, there's a confidence. I think sex is so much more than the body, you know, and it's something that I've gone through in terms of my sense of self and articulating and being able to express and allow my, you know, more freedom and allow myself to really explore
0: myself as a sexual being. Statistically, women's sex drive and the amount of sex they're having will probably drop. But look, who's to say that's a bad thing? I know from my friends, they're still very active sex lives.
4: That kind of thing doesn't really fill me with great envy, I have to You're say. Right. One of the nice things about getting old is that you can find great pleasure and joy in just The companionship of having somebody to hold at night, it doesn't have to be an erotic adventure anymore.
0: So, witches, let's prepare a hell broth for old age. This is the spell you need. You got yourself a cauldron? Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, throw in buckets of healthy food, daily non-negotiable body moves, connect with friends near and away, membership to the CWA, sex or not, but on your terms, wash your hands because of germs, cool your pot with incel blood, and then the charm is firm and good. With apologies to William Shakespeare. And if you're feeling like you've left it too late, like, ah, I'm unfit, I'm unhealthy, I'm going to desiccate into a lonely, old, demented, juiceless Sultana, ladies, I have some really great news for you. Women were able to make up for lost time.
2: So as long as they, on average, were exercising every single day, They had the best memory compared to other people. And if you weren't doing it at 45, but you did do it at 55 and 65, you could make up for that lost time. That's so cool. Having said that, Yumi, though, every day you don't do it means you've got to do twice as much tomorrow. So (laughs) I think we should start today.
0: Ladies is brought to you by a whole bunch of witches, including the mixer Anne-Marie de producer Tamar Kranswick, supervising producer Alex Lollback and executive producer Justine Kelly. This series was created by Queen Witch Claudine Ryan. Big thanks to the ladies at the CWA Barrel for sharing their personal stories of later life. Ladies, if all this talk of atrophied vaginas and shrinking sex drive is making you horny, well done you. But if it's just resonating, maybe scroll back in the Ladies We Need To Talk feed and check out our episode on perimenopause. It's full of really great info and it might help to know you're not alone in your hot flushes and irrational rage.